0: Join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at one rental at a time.com. Now, on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time, back with this Thursday expert, Mr. Jonathan Twomley. How are you doing, sir? I'm well. How are you, Michael? I'm doing well. Uh, something that I don't think we've ever talked about, that I think I just wanted to put out there for, for investors is uh, there's this term called accredited investors. And then obviously the flip side of that is non-accredited investors can we just kind of talk about what it is why it's important specifically maybe in syndications um just give 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 people a color of what that is
1: yeah so accredited investor it's it's a little bit of a misleading term uh because and i've had people ask me like where do i go to get accredited well Mm -hmm. There's nobody who's accrediting. Yeah, you don't get a stamp. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know why they picked that word when they wrote the legislation. They maybe should have just said qualified investors or something mm. like that. But uh, what accredited, there is a definition to meet accredited investors. Actually, there's about 10 different categories, but most of them don't apply to people, right? Some mm. of them apply to, to companies and and whatnot. But the, the ones that are relevant to... Uh, to investors. And first I'll tell you what the definition is and I'll tell you sort of the background of this and why this is important. Please. So the definition is either uh, you made $200,000 in personal income last year and you expect to make it this year again or $300,000 as a couple, right? So you Mm. can combine, if you don't, if neither of you makes 200,000, but you make 300,000 together, Mm-hmm. Then you also qualified as accredited, okay. And then the final category that's relevant is uh, one million dollars in net worth, excluding your personal residence. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're not allowed to put your person. You know, it's like if you live in a city where you know you've had a lot of, you know, appreciation over twenty years. Yeah. But most of your you know wealth is tied up in that. That that doesn't count. Okay. Right? A-, a little bit arbitrary too, because like. If you go and you take like a, a loan on your property mm-hmm. and you stick all the money in, in the bank, right? And then you exclude your personal residence. So, mm-hmm. the, so that's the, a good call. So the debt, the, yeah. the debt and the equity doesn't count anymore. Yeah. Now you're accredited. You just, if you put it in cash, <laughs> that's a nice, because now, you yeah. now you've got a million dollars in the bank, right? Or whatever. <laughs> oh, so that's funny. it's funny. It's kind of dumb. But, um, but also the legislation was written long, long before we had like this fantastic house app- price appreciation. It was, mm-hmm. this is actually very old legislation goes back to the original securities legislation that was passed during the new deal
0: mm-hmm. in
1: response to all of the rampant wall street fraud that was going on in the 1920s. Okay. And so when, when the Roosevelt administration started to regulate securities and they had never been regulated before except for like on the state level they have these state blue sky laws which still are in effect actually most people don't really know that that states also regulate securities mm. but the the roosevelt administration passed uh, a bunch of securities legislation back in the 1930s and uh, to regulate essentially ipos right okay so, yep. so public offerings of securities became uh, became regulated and and with all this disclosure requirements and it's, it's very onerous, like what you have to disclose uh, to do a public offering, but they also recognize that there were a lot of instances where somebody might want to raise money,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but it just didn't make sense to do a public offering. They wanted to do what's called a private offering to just, you know, a certain number of investors. Mm-hmm. And so what the legislation allowed for is for people to do private offerings they wouldn't have so the default is an ipo right if you're issuing a security you must do an ipo except if you fall into one of the exceptions okay one of the exceptions is private offerings and there are a whole bunch of different varieties of these as well Mm -hmm. um but the main one that syndicators use there's sort of two main flavors they both fall under what's called rule 506 of the of the securities of the rules that implement the securities code right and these are sec rules to show to kind of set out how these things should be done if you do a private offering under rule 506 then you do not have to register you do not not have to conduct an ipo okay you still have to register it with the with the sec but that's literally like there's a form you fill out, you send it to the SEC, said I did this private offering. That's okay. it, right? That, but but you do do the registration. You also have to register with all the states that are involved. But the basic, the two main 506 rules are 506B and 506C. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that most people use and they have a slightly, there's slight nuances between them. And this is where sort of accredited investors come in because you have to be, accredited in certain cases to take part in okay. this right and so 506b requires that the issuer so let's say I do a syndication
0: mm-hmm. right
1: in a syndication the investors do not actually own real estate what they own is a piece of the LLC that owns the real estate gotcha. right and so that is a security right I have sold <laughs> them a security I've not sold them real estate right okay. so since I'm issuing securities just like a, stock, a company when it goes public it issues, stock, mm-hmm. same thing. I'm issuing stock, except that it's called an LLC membership interest rather than a share of stock, but it's okay. the same thing. It's the same thing. All right. And so who can participate then? Well, in a 506 B offering, mm-hmm. I can only take that. I can only offer that to people with whom I already had a pre-existing. Substantive relationship, right? Mm -hmm. So I can't go on Facebook and say, Hey, I've got a deal, Mm -hmm. right? I can only go and like call, you know, go to people that I already know and say, Hey, I have a deal, right? Mm -hmm. And within that group of people, they must either be accredited or, uh, You can have up to 35 what are called sophisticated investors, Mm -hmm. which is a really unhelpful, very vague definition, but essentially means somebody who's like sophisticated enough to understand the risks involved in this, in investing in this thing. And that's all the guidance there is. There's like no (laughs) guidance at all as to what that means, right? (laughs) Um, Wow. but, uh, But you have, but you're under kind of an obligation to, as the issuer, to like kind of understand. That they are sophisticated, and that's why you need to have a relationship with them beforehand. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to know them well enough to be able to make that make judgment. That clear. Yeah, okay. Make that make that judgment call mm-hmm. that they are um, sophisticated. And if the, you can have up to thirty five of them mm-hmm. in a five hundred six b offering, and an unlimited number of accredited investors, mm-hmm. and in a five hundred six b offering, because you have an existing relationship with them, and again, you were supposed to know them well enough to, to be able to make this judgment, but they don't have to prove that they're accredited, right? Mm. They can self-certify. Okay. So if you have that pre-existing relationship, because the idea there is that, okay, somebody is going to say, yes, I'm accredited. And you know them well enough that you can take their word for it. So you can say, oh, okay, I, this, this guy, you know, is not flipping burgers. He's, he has his own accounting firm. So I'm going to take him at his word. Mm-hmm. That he, you know, that he actually has a million dollars net worth, or that he actually makes two hundred thousand dollars a year. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's five hundred six B. Then you've got something which is newer. It passed during the, as part of the Jobs Act, right? Okay. To make it easier for people to raise money, you've got five hundred six B C. Sorry, and five hundred six C says you can offer your deal to anybody in the world. Well, I should say anybody in the U.S., not anybody in the world. There's other, there's not securities problems with foreign investors, but there are tax problems. So I don't, I don't, like, I don't usually offer securities okay. to non, non-U.S. people unless they have a U.S. entity through which they're investing. And that solves, that makes the tax problem their problem, not my problem. So um, anyway, you can, under 506C, you can offer your security to anybody in the world uh, you do not need to have any kind of pre-existing relationship with them. So you can blast it all over Facebook. You could take out an ad in the paper. You could walk up to random people on the street, whatever you want to do to try to sell this deal. However, you cannot have any sophisticated investors in it. You can only have accredited investors hmm. and uh, and they must prove it, right? So they have to go to some kind of third party like either their CPA, who's, who's going to sign a letter saying, yes, I know this person's net worth is whatever, or their income is whatever, mm-hmm. or you go to a third-party verification system site, several of these have popped up in the last few years, where they'll look at your financial statements and stuff and say, okay, we verify that you are accredited, mm-hmm. and then you may participate in, in this offering. Now, the reason for this exception was that Congress, in its ultimate wisdom, decided well, we can't really tell who is sophisticated enough hmm. or who's going to like understand the risk of a private offering. So we'll just say, well, rich people, they must've got rich somehow. That, may, that must mean that they're smart. Yeah, right. That they can figure this out. Yeah. Because it was really the only sort of like bright line that they could draw sure. to make a definition. Otherwise it's just impossible, right? So they Makes said, sense. and it, the thing is though, that, that income level, the test, the 200,000, you know, individual 300,000 as a couple or 1 million net worth. Now, obviously in the 1930s, it was a much lower number. It's been raised over time, but it hasn't been raised since I think the 1980s, Mm. right? So what we've had is credited investor creep, right? So um, if you think back to the 1980s, $200,000 was a lot of income. Yeah, what is that today? Let's clear
0: that
1: up. Keep going on, do yeah. Oh, sorry. yeah, you and a million dollars of net worth was a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you know, pretty much every first year associate at a New York City law firm is accredited, or you know, they will be next year after they've earned the income, but their mm-hmm. their starting salary is two hundred thousand dollars a year, right? So, there are now ma- many, many millions more accredited investors than there ever were before, which is great for. Uh, you know, for the issuers of these securities, but you can also see how this is probably driving at least some of the inflation of apartment deals because just the market, the amount of money that can be tapped into uh, is much, much larger. You know, when you had probably in the 1980s, I mean, how many people made $200,000 a year? Probably- uh,
0: I got the math for you. I just looked yeah. it up again. One site, uh, $200,000 in
1: 1980
0: is like $665,000 today. Right. right.
1: So you're talking Very about, different. yeah. I mean, you're talking about, you know, the, the top, probably what? Half a top, percent. Top. Yeah. Ma- probably not even that. If you get up to 600,000. Yeah. Cause 1% like, is
0: 412 or 420, right? Anything over 420, yeah. you're in the top 1%. So, uh, yeah.
1: So if you're up at 650, yeah, you're probably, you know, it's probably a lot less than that. Cause that. that oh, for sure. Yeah. A- yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, so, so there were very few people to choose from back in 1980 who could do this. So these were basically these kinds of deals were considered country, they were country club deals, right? That's what Mm -hmm. what what you really, it it was really like, like a couple rich, you know, a few rich people got together and they did these deals. Uh, you know, now, like I said, there are entire swaths of professions where pretty much everybody is making $200,000 a year. And, um, the pool of accredited investors is now very, very large, comparatively speaking, and that's driving a lot of uh, what's going on. However, some people are not satisfied with tapping into accredited investors because your friend in mine, Grant Cardone, mm-hmm. as you were mentioning before, is now going out and raising money from non-accredited investors. And I don't, I didn't know about this, so what is, what is he doing? Yeah, so essentially, you, I, you saw?
0: I've seen on my social media feed, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, He's he's bought a class A top notch building in Florida somewhere. Uh, he's now going out to folks talking about a minimum of this, a minimum of that. But I, I, he will take anybody. I think the minimum investment now is a thousand bucks, and it's open to non-accredited investors. It's get you know that's the story. But I was just wondering what is that called? Because again, he's going out to anybody that's not in, non-accredited. So and it's not there, B or C. I don't know. I don't know what it is.
1: Yeah. So there is something called, I forgot to mention that. So the rules 506, the rule 506 is under what's called regulation D. Okay. Right? Reg now D, There's something, yeah. there's a reg D. These are reg D offerings. If you hear that term, right. Um, so it's regulation D rule 506 C. B, Got and C. it. Okay. So if you but there is something, and I've, i honestly like I've never paid much attention to this because it's not really relevant to me, but there is something called a reg A offering oh, in okay. which, which they have carved out another exception to this IPO rule for people to be able to raise essentially funds from pretty much anybody. Right. But but there's some, you know, there's some kind of it's sort of I don't know if it's an IPO light or it's something where it's just not as onerous as like a whole. IPO offering mm-hmm. um but you can raise money from anybody and maybe you have to do it through a broker dealer yeah I'm know. not I'm not really sure like but there's definitely sort of rules around how you can do this so yeah. at some point if people get to be you know someone like Grant Cardone where they have a huge following sure. they can then go and raise money from pretty much anybody they want to but there is that that, that it's called a reg yeah. a right Okay. However, if you think about it, if you're going to go raise money from all these people, like your administrative costs on this are going to be really huge. Yeah. So you have to have like a whole infrastructure just to deal with your. Yeah. Uh, he's, your... he's talking
0: about sending payments out every 90 days. That's, that's a lot of.
1: Yeah. That's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. And if you think about it, like to raise, if you're going to raise a million dollars, a thousand bucks at a time, it's a thousand investors. Right. Yeah. So. I mean, who wants that? <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: Like, you I know. know,
1: yeah. I'd rather raise it for sounds I like a lot th- of work. <laughs> yeah, like twenty people, you know, at fifty thousand each is is even more than I really want to deal with, you know. But yeah. I, I can't imagine dealing with a thousand and then you know, I'm sure the the phone calls raising, and all that. Yeah. Not just that, but it's like, you know, that's just for a million dollars. If he's raising fifty million dollars in one thousand dollar chunks, I mean yeah.
0: Well, if 1,000 in fairness is the minimum, I'm, I don't right. know what his average is, but I'm sure his average is seven, eight, 12, whatever it is, but still it's a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess the last thing I want to talk about this, because I got to go at 830 is the, the whole notion of accredited and non-accredited was originally created
1: to, I don't know, protect people. Is that kind of a way yeah. to say it? Yeah. Yeah. Essentially it wanted to, Congress wanted to say like, Hey, look, we want people to be able to raise money in these private deals but we don't want them fleecing the, the way wid- to average old ladies. The, the, yeah. yeah exactly. Cause that was, you know, it was like what, what Wall Street was doing before was the boiler like, room. Right. Oh yeah. And just like, you know, going to like, you know, fleecing little old ladies out of their savings. Right. That was, yeah. you know, that and telling them they are going to make a mint. So they wanted to protect the little old ladies from okay. pre- predatory stock issuers. Right. Got so, it. yeah.
0: Well, thank you very much for this. It was very educational. I learned a lot of stuff. I know the audience will. So Jonathan, thank you very much. Enjoy your week. I will. You too. See you next week. You got it.